in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left, as I always do, of the ghastly Glenn Stansberry. I got a haircut today. <laughs> I'm hoping this isn't in response to my haircut. Uh, you know, I was a... <laughs> you, you, you were wearing a hat when you came over, so I, I would have had yeah, no idea. Uh... I would have had no idea. Ghastly, huh? Mm-hmm. We get in the mood for Halloween here? Yeah. I finally decorated the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like that time of year. It's only Halloween's only a couple short weeks away. Um, less than two weeks, actually. We're coming right up on it. So, um... This is your yeah. national holiday, isn't it? It is. This, this it's is like I, put, I go all out for Halloween. This is what this is my World Series. Ooh! <laughs> Don't tease me, Brian. <laughs> World Series is right around the corner too. It is. It is my national holiday. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Halloween's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. World Series is gonna be fun. My yep. Royals are primed. Yeah. Watch them lose by the time we. They're up three games to one as of right now, as of this yeah. recording. Mm-hmm. The ALCS primed to make a run at the champi- at the uh, World Series championship yet again. Wow, pretty amazing. So mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Uh, also amazing is a little site called Gentleman.com, mm. which Glenn and I uh, co-founded and built and birthed and watched grow up Ooh. into. A beautiful flower of a sight. Man, that is a good analogy, Brian. It's so true. I've yeah. seen two births. Mm-hmm. Like I tell you, at times it's not pretty. Mm. Mm-hmm. At times the gentleman was not pretty. <laughs> That's true. But it's it's uh, it's a uh, it's, it's really coming along. It is. It's yeah. almost time to go to grade school. Got through the terrible twos. Yeah, and, and you know things are things are real smooth now. We can send it off to school yeah. and just wave goodbye to it and uh, wave goodbye. I mean. <laughs> Just, you know, during the days when, yeah. you know. You kind of miss it when right, it's gone during right, the day. Right. You can go and visit it once in a while, you know. Um, field trips. Field trips. Uh, but anyway, you should, uh, if you haven't visited, or if you have, if you visited in the last 10 minutes, doesn't matter. Mm. You should go, go to it now, again. Yeah. Just, you know, buzz around the site, click some stuff. Go back to the well. Uh, the internet's all about clicking things these days. These days. It is. Uh, all the kids are clicking stuff, yep. and I think that that's... Tapping it. Tap. 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 <laughs> but no, no, no. Not brands. Not. They are... They're, t- they're tapping things. They're tapping things on this with the mobile devices. Yes, that's where I was going with yeah, that. Yeah. Gotcha. No, I got yep. it. Yeah, yeah. I was totally with you. The the smartphones. Time. Smartphones. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, anyway, Glenn, yeah, and if you want to uh, tap into more of Gentleman.com, <laughs> you can go to podcast.gentleman.com where you can listen to past episodes. You can follow along with this episode. We'll post all the links from this episode. You can check out beer ratings. It's mm. a it's a really um, – uh, we're, we're asking a lot to have people stop by podcast.gentleman.com. Let's not window dress this thing too much. Nope. We're really stretching here. Yeah. But, you know, for those – for that 1% – it really, um, really makes our day. We're asking a lot, but we're also giving a lot. That's right. Mm-hmm. We give a lot. A lot but, of love, a lot of time goes right. into these podcasts. That's right. That's right. Handcrafted. Handcrafted. This podcast is. There's not some big studio. We're not in some big studio. No, you hear the piano playing? Yeah, we're in my <laughs> living room. Um, anyway, 
So, yeah. But moving on. Okay, so, Glenn, the other final thing I want to say is that if you want to get in touch with the Gentleman Podcast, a great thing to do. A noble thing to do. Get in touch with the Gentleman Podcast. Mm-hmm. As always, you can send a letter over to P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. We will get your letter. Glenn and I will pick it up. Yep. Front. We will skip down to the post office. We will pick it up in our hands. As we do every Tuesday. Every, every Tuesday. We check the uh, mailbag. And we will uh, talk about it on the podcast. We will stick it up on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Wall of Fame. Fame. Okay, there we go. And um, and then we'll you know we'll send you a little something back in return for for taking your time to to send us a letter. Uh, alternatively, you can send an email. Right. Consider this though, Ben Franklin. Did he write any emails of note? Right. He did not. Letters of note. It's called letters of note, That's not right. emails of note. Right. Uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln? Right. Did he write emails? No, he did not. Did he at reply you on Twitter? Right. No. Check out this emancipation, yo. <laughs> I'm thinking about writing this. Hashtag <laughs> awesome doc. I'm vining my speech. <laughs> Four score. <laughs> no, he did not, Glenn. He sent a letter. Good old-fashioned letter. And okay. I dare say if Abe Lincoln was alive today, he'd send a letter over the gentleman podcast. He would. He'd pull would. it out of his tall hat. That's right. The old stovepipe hat. That's right. It was considered a patriotic duty mm-hmm. to, to reach out to the Gentleman Podcast. So if you consider yourself a patriot, that's right. Write us a letter. That's right. Um, but if not, if you're not a patriot, no. If you're not like Abe Lincoln or Ben Franklin, if maybe, you're a renegade, yeah, then you can uh, send an email over to us at howdyatgentleman.com. Someday we're going to figure out how to reply to you when you send emails. We don't know yet. It's yeah. this electric electronic thing. I can't figure out where to put the key. I don't know. I don't know. I, and I don't know what the you know the buttons are. We talked about this last week. There's yeah. all these buttons. We don't understand what that means. We're just two, two regular guys. We don't yeah. understand how the internet works. We didn't go to internet school. No. no we went to regular schools. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we'll figure it out someday. But uh, in the meantime, uh, Glenn, let's get on to uh, the drink of the week this week. Oh, man, Brian. I am so excited about this segment. Um, so, uh, my uh, Laura's parents, my girlfriend Laura's parents, came to town last week, and they drove in uh, t- from Virginia. Mm-hmm. And the difference between Virginia and Kansas uh, really comes down to one single thing. In Virginia, they have Yingling, and in Kansas, oh. they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Laura's mom asked if, if there's anything that she wanted her to bring from Virginia, and Laura was polite enough, kind enough to request Yingling. So they were good enough to uh, bring over a case of Yingling cans, the traditional lager. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Yingling, uh, it's it's a it's all only on the East Coast. Okay. Uh, some, I guess they've gone into Ohio in the last few years. Mm. Uh, so they're kind of moving slowly into different states. Go west, young beer. But despite the fact that it's only available on the East Coast, essentially, it is the biggest American brewery. Um by barrels produced uh, outpacing Sam Adams. Wow. And Sam so Adams... This is a craft brewery? Well, no, not really. It's an American-owned brewery. So if oh, you think okay. About, so you're no Budweiser, no, no Budweiser, no Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, because no. it's all, you know, whatever. Um, no Bev. But, um, but yeah. Uh, so Yingling, I had Yingling when I went to go visit Laura because her dad had Yingling at the house and it was... I thought it was very, very mm. compelling. Hmm. And well, so, anyway, I had so I got a hold of this. I figured it would be a perfect time to throw the old mustache to a scale at it and see mm. what shakes out. Well, Brian, fortunately, I'm a a, a hick from French Lick, and I've never <laughs> been out past you know 
the Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've never had had this here Yingling, so well, we're gonna find out. So I I, I am pure and unbiased mm-hmm. when it comes. To, you, okay. You've been you've been I've been tainted. Well, you you have had. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll go with tainted. It's like tainted love that song, you know. Whoa. Take my beers and that's not really <laughs> oh. Um, so anyway, Glenn. Okay, so this is Yingling traditional lager. Mm. This is what's called a pre-prohibition style lager because this company's been around. This is the this is also the oldest American continuously operating brewery Man. company. Uh, they're on the national and uh, statewide reg- uh, registry historic re- historical registry in Pennsylvania for being the oldest brewery. Uh, wow. In the country, and it's still fa- family owned by the same original person that started it back in 1829, I think. Mr. Yingling. Yeah, exactly. That's their name? That's that's the name <laughs> of the, yeah, the, the guy owns like Roger Yingling or something. Wow. So it's still owned by the same family. Uh, the other thing I like about this brewery, I was, I was trying to figure out, you know, they're only in the East Coast and a couple of their areas. Uh, they they say that they don't they can't keep up with the quality of the beer if they try to expand too quick. So they're take they're slow playing it and they're yes. they're happy with where they're at. They don't want to push it too far. They want to make sure everything's good quality. So they're not trying to go crazy on expansion. This is the thing that's brilliant. That is brilliant marketing because that's yeah. that's what all the kids are doing these days. Yeah. You know, they get something and their goal is to just push it out everywhere mm-hmm. and you know grow as fast as humanly possible right. at whatever cost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These guys have been around. Yeah, they know. They've been around a long time, and I'd argue that the scarcity probably adds to the uh, yeah the bottom line. Yeah, I mean, if I, if I could just go to my liquor store and go get this, I probably wouldn't be talking about it right now. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know what probably would be. But, but you have to bootleg it in the yeah through in the in the trunk of a. I paid taxes on all this stuff. Right, out of state taxes. It was a gift. It was a uh, gift tax. Uh, IRS uh, tax free gift. Yep. So uh, anyway, Glenn, well, let's uh, let's pop. Let's these dispose open of the evidence. And uh, yeah. So anyway, um, we we got cans, but I, I had to get out uh, glasses because I feel like okay, this is okay. This should be a glass. Okay, it's like a champagne taste test. Yeah. All right. Let's see if I. And Glenn already knows that I, I I enjoy this beer. So unfortunately, as much as he's talking about being un, untainted himself, he's got plenty of taint. <laughs> Man. Uh, this podcast is going south in a hurry. Uh, uh, cheers! Tainted <laughs> beer. Right. Ooh, man, that's not that's good. That's not like mm. it's not like a it's not like a lager. It's not no. like a traditional lager. It's, it's got like a it's like more. It's, it's got just enough, yeah. It's got just enough something to it, but it's still super light, you know. Yeah, complexity. There we go. Now we really sound like beer snobs, but mm-hmm. well. Uh, anyway, oh, that's good. Yeah, it's real good. What uh, what is a six pack of this run? Say we were in Virginia. I, I I'm not sure. I, I tried to look that up, and as, as far as I can tell, a six pack is six bucks. Are you kidding me? No. Oh. Well, so price is good. This, this is going to make the rating really easy. But the um, the downfall of this beer, as far as I can tell from all the other stuff that we typically do, is that the alcohol by volume is only 4.4%, which is less than we normally run. Well, but lower price. Five and six is about, you know. Mm-hmm. I lower, mean, lower price. Um, yeah. Wow. So. That is smooth. It's good. I Anytime I'm on the East Coast, this is what I, I'll go to the bar and order. Ying Ling. <sighs> yeah. 
I like the can too. You just it just you can mm. tell they haven't changed a, a single thing over there. Yeah. Maybe they have, but it doesn't look like it. Well, this is called. They, they were, I was looking at the lager, and it's a pre-prohibition style lager, and literally, it's the kind of that's the beer that they were making before prohibition. Uh, during prohibition, they were making near beer, like a lot of brewing companies, and they opened a dairy, very similar to Anheuser Busch actually, which did the exact same thing. Um, why? Why would they open a dairy? They, they be, I guess, a lot of brewers did that to front the. Well, no, I mean, like they, you know, they were they had to figure out some other business to get into while they were trying to wait wait out prohibition, basically. Hmm. So, anyway, it's cool. It's a family owned company. It's been around forever. Man. I wish it was in Kansas, but unfortunately, it's not at this time. Well, so just just East Coast, no West Coast, no no West Coast. Man. It's, it's kind of it's in Kentucky and Ohio is as far west as they go. Well, part of, so all of Kentucky, I think so. Oh man. So I, I didn't think about in Louisville they might have it. Yeah, I think so. Um, so anyway, that's that's kind of where they're at. Um, so anyway, okay, Glenn, we know we know the facts about this beer. Mm. Let me run them down again. It's dirt cheap. It's dirt cheap. Um, it's delicious. It is delicious. And uh, alcohol by lines four point four. Blah blah blah. What are your uh, what are your what are your thoughts on a, ra- a potential rating for the Yingling Lager traditional lager? Well, I know we're getting in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just—it's like—it's like when you you find you stumble upon something, and you're like, "This is too good to be true." Mm-hmm. Because, like, where's what's the catch here? Right. What's the catch exactly? You know, mm-hmm. there's no catch. Mm-mm. It's a good cheap beer. Yeah. I mean, it's like a really good cheap beer. Yeah. It's not like you're drinking a Budweiser what, or something. Yeah. Like what else? And it's cheaper than a Budweiser. Yeah, I Budweiser think. Six is about that—about six bucks for six. So I, I, it's hard to. Yeah. In my head, my head's having a hard time like, okay, well, what do we... Yeah. I guess <coughs> if there was a knock on it, it, I mean, it's a lager, so you can't really knock it for this, but I mean... It's just, yeah. It, it's a lager. It, you know, yeah. it's very smooth and... Right. There's not a whole lot of nope. extra taste stuff in there, you know. But like you said, for a smooth lager, mm-hmm. oh man, this is, this is the bee's knees. Uh, it's very good. I'm going to, I'm going to go 93. 93? For six bucks, six bucks. Yeah. Back. I was gonna go nine one. Nine one. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's where I was at. It was like I you know, I hate to over overdo it, but the the thing is it is a, a inexpensive beer. I mean if if they had this in Kansas, this would be my go to every day of the week. Every, well <laughs> if you drank beer every any day, day of the week. Any yeah, <laughs> any day of the week that I chose to drink beer. What you're saying is if you went to the bar and they said, Sir, do you want a Coors? Right, a Budweiser or a Yingling. I would even if even if it was craft. That's true. You know, like most of the time, I'd probably like give me it. Like they say in Pennsylvania, if you go to a bar and you order a lager, this is what you get. Oh, it's like it's like, yeah. I mean, it's just the the everybody. That's what everybody gets. It's like a Coke. It's like Guinness or something. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. being in Ireland, give me a beer. Yeah. Here's a Guinness. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so anyway, I was gonna do nine one. Okay, you went nine three. Okay, I so did. let's let's type this it's all really into good. the MTS computer and get this all figured out. All nice and scientific wise. Mm-hmm. So, mm. we said Yingling had uh, 4.4% alcohol by volume. Its IBUs were, we looked it up on the dark web, um, and the IBUs were 12? 12. Okay. Um, and then we said the price was uh, $5.99 six packs, which is, which is probably one of the lowest prices we've looked at. <laughs> I'm trying to think if we, I think it is. I mean, uh, I know. Oh, no. Costco beer. Costco beer was super low. But, I mean, Let's be real here. Whoa. I mean? <laughs> Hang on. I, I know you're not about it, to say what I think you're about no, to say. No, I was going to say, I was gonna say uh, apples and oranges. 
That's know, true. Apples and oranges. Yes, they're different kind of beers. Uh, in more ways than one. Uh, so the okay. So in the MTS, I put all that stuff in the MTS. Uh, let's give it a second to crunch those numbers. Okay. And it's going to come back, and it's going to give us the official mustache twist scale rating for this Yingling traditional style lager. This is a historical first. This company's been around since 1829, and they're finally getting an M- MTS score attached to their traditional lager. It's we'll really a historic to, day. And well, Brian hasn't. We, we haven't ever talked about this, but we we always go and mail out a. Uh, Official certificate, right? After each rating, right. for each beer, exactly. Uh, you know, and they get hung up in the factories and the frame and like yeah. that stuff for right. the president's mm-hmm. office. And right. This kind of a it's a cool thing for them. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's really for them. It's, it's not for us. You know, yeah. it's it's a, it's an expense for us. You know, right. frames aren't cheap. Right. Exactly. Um, and hand, you know, quilling the yeah. the certificates and the. Yeah. Anyway, okay, Glenn. Uh, here comes the the MTS uh, printout. Okay. Just, he's coming off the printer. Okay. Um, and let me grab it here. Okay. It. Uh, oh, it's a nine point two. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So wow. Interesting. Okay. So nine point two is pretty high. I would say that. Is it the highest? That might be the highest we've done. I'm not sure. The, I know that the Jubileo was one of the highest that we've done. It was around a nine something. I want to say it was like a ninety three. That could be. So I, I think I think it's right up there. It's real close, if not the top beater that we've rated. Okay. Oh. Uh, we've got to take a little spin over to uh, mm-hmm. a little site we like to know in reference called Beersnob.com. Mm-hmm. Beersnob.com has failed miserably in this rating. Surprise, uh, they, surprise. The Beer Snob score is a 77. The bros say 79. Uh, How many ratings give it a 77? Six, 1600 1600 idiots yeah <laughs> um this is this is this is the the example of what's wrong with beersnob.com mm-hmm. oh it doesn't have ridiculous citrus hops in it what uh, cucumber yeah. uh, ale then i then it's terrible the floral notes are non-existent uh, it's a lager it. it's got to be bad yeah it's a lager that's why we give it straight that's right we don't care what kind of beer it is. It could be hoppy. It could not be hoppy. But the point is, is it a good beer? Yes. And the answer in this case is yes. It absolutely is a good beer. I swear to you, if you took off the label and you gave it to some, some one of those raiders and said, hey, this beer is a pre... It, it's Al Capone's right. own recipe. Private reserve. Private, private recipe that he makes with... Created in the, Belgium by yeah. monks. Who use a uh, gun casings right. to, uh, to distill the beer? Give it a smoky, yeah. And if you did all that, they'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, ninety nine, not hundred ten, hundred. I don't even care. So anyway, Glenn. Well, we once again we know why the mustache twist scale is empirical, scientific, and superior to any other beer scale in the world. We cannot be bribed. It nope. won't be. It's not a. There's no taint in this scale. <laughs> Straight up. Straight taint up. Free. Taint free. And proud. <sighs> taint free and proud. That should be our motto, Brian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, let's move on to some interesting posts from gentlemen.com in the last two weeks or so. All right. Well, first up, we have uh, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful example of something that is truly uplifting that you could post to gentlemen.com. It's true. Our good friend Nicholas mm-hmm. posted. I don't. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, this cartoonist Brian. His name is Bill Watterson, and he created Calvin and Hobbes. 
Maybe it's a small time, I, you know. Is that like an internet comic or something? Yeah, something like uh, that. Okay. It's on Reddit all the time. Yeah, I don't know. No, Calvin and Hobbes, I think it's the most popular comic book, comic of all time, but maybe not quite hmm. below. It might be below Peanuts. Let's just say it is. It's the most popular comic of all time. There we go. Fuzzy, you heard fuzzy history right here. Yeah, doesn't um, matter. It is the most popular comic of all time. That's Calvin right. and Hobbes. And so the creator, Bill Watterson, I, I, we've talked about it before. but You're I, a big fan of Bill Watterson, right? I've got had all the comic books when I was like six, and I didn't even understand mm-hmm. what they meant. But I read them all, you know. And mm-hmm. anyway, so I, I grew up on them, mm-hmm. and then I came back and read them again when I was older, and I was like, "Oh man, this is hilarious! It's completely different. It's like watching a cartoon right. with kids who don't right. understand the adult jokes that are in the cartoon." Uh-huh. Anyway, I could go on, but Bill Watterson, he's a he's a known recluse. He doesn't really he doesn't do interviews. He turned down an interview with who was it? All these. He's he's always turning down interviews with like huge famous people and I think we've talked about him yeah, before. We brought about, him up. Uh, there was some story about how he kind of deflected he merchandising th- of Calvin and Hobbes. Oh yeah, and turned down millions of dollars. Oh yeah, it could have been TV shows. It could have been this. Right. It could have been that. But instead of doing that, he just kind of was like, "Well, I'm good." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "This is I like what I do, and yeah. I don't need anything else." So suck it. Yeah. Um, but basically, all right. So anyway, so he doesn't. He doesn't do interviews. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. But he, so anyway, this is this is a comic. Um, this is a comic that the words are by um, Bill Water. These are quotes from Bill Watterson, but the the comic is created by a, something called Zen Pencils, which is basically a guy, uh, Galvin Ong Thon, an Australian graphic designer uh, that that accompanies cartoons with inspirational quotes and and things of that nature. Yeah, and so he created. If you're looking at it, it looks exactly like one of like a like a strip from Calvin and Hobbes. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's just like it. Yeah, uses the same style and everything. I <clears throat> if I didn't know any better, I'd have been fooled and said that mm-hmm. Bill Watterson, Watterson himself had had penned it. But um, yeah, so they've just taken quotes that he's um, that the comic has has uh, talked about throughout his life, and it, it talks about basically, um, you know, what constitutes. A fulfilling life, right? And a lot of people think it's you know climbing the corporate ladder, climbing the corporate ladder, and 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 uh, you know, and he's talking about you know we have a life. A lot of people think that success is found in excess and and not focusing on the things that are truly important. Mm-hmm. And anyway, you just have to go and read the comic. Um, it's really quick, um, but it was a great find. Yeah, and I, I love the, I love the message of the comic. I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm biased. It's like like my yingling. Yeah. It's uh, it just makes a, a simple point that forgetting about climbing the corporate ladder and basing your life on how much money you're making and what uh, what stuff you can buy, that doing stuff like having a job where you can focus on the things that are more important to you, mm-hmm. uh, and. He even talks about abandoning a career in order to stay home and raise children is mm-hmm. not considered to be living up to their potential, you know, if mm-hmm. you do that. Um, and I really like the message of this because I think about this a lot. You, you see, especially in the tech industry, like what we work in, you see people go off to the to, – everybody goes off to the West Coast to go live in Silicon Valley right. and go be a part of Google or something like that. Right. And they really identify with that kind of identity as being super important to them because yes. it's a status thing, you know. Who, right. What company you work for is a status thing. Right. Um, and, and they go and work their brains out for... I think when I got started in building websites, that's what I thought, too, yep. was I want to go work for these 
you know, I want to go work for Apple. I want to go work for Google. Um, that, you know, that's going to be awesome. You know, I'm going to go do that. And, uh, the further I got into my career, the more I realized that it's more like what this guy's talking about is that you got to detach yourself from, uh, those standard measures of success and just do things your own way. Basically. Exactly. That's a, that's a great way to put it. I, <clears throat> yeah, he, the comic talks about, you know, um, the guy in the comic, it shows him, you know, basically turning down a job mm-hmm. and climbing the corporate ladder in exchange for raising a family. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, that's a message that's really, it, like you're talking about the tech industry, what right. we're in, that's lost. I mean, that's just something yeah. that, yeah, in lots of industries, you know. And, you're, you're pressured to give everything you can to your job. Right. Um, I won't do it, Brian. Well. No, we do. We work hard. But the thing is, is that. Right. But it's not all consuming. It does, we don't go home dreaming about you know right. When I'm when I'm when I'm with my kids, I'm playing with my kids. Like right. I, I you know I've you're not scheming time. about how you can get ahead and and the next rung on the ladder. Well, I do, but well, you're not gonna take then. me out, aren't you? Well, <laughs> I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> no. Anyway, well, so anyway, check it out. I'm gonna link it up on uh, podcast.gentleman.com. You can go check out this comic. Think about your life. Think about climbing the corporate ladder. Maybe that is right for you, but maybe it's not. I don't know, Glenn. I don't know the answers. Uh, but what I do know is that we have a post from our good friend Razorback. Mm. And Razorback posted this pretty amazing little story. This is the kind of holy grail find that you hear about once in a while. And it keeps you thinking about going to junk shops and looking for stuff like this. Is this. Like, this is like the car. You know, we, we, we featured a car uh, attack a while back where mm-hmm. a guy bought... What did he do? He, there was like a, a, a barn full of these old cars he just Which is found. Like the ultimate. <laughs> it's like the ultimate like collector's. And cars. your brother, he having that record right. thing he, where somebody thought there was all these records that they were just going to throw away. And then guy used to be a DJ at some old doo wop station. And, yeah, had all these really. Anyway, so the point is, this this is called Billy the Kid photo could be worth five million dollars. Um, this is a story all about a California collector who paid $2 for a photo about five years ago, and it could be worth $5 million, actually. Uh, No one knew at the time that this 1878 10-type photo depicted Billy the Kid, and not even the guy that bought it did. He said he was at the store, and he he had a few bucks left to buy something, and there was a few pictures in there, and he couldn't decide which one to get, and he put it down in the box, and he he was going to get something else, and then he said something told him to pick up that that one photo again and he went and he bought it and it turns out that it was a picture of billy the kid in fact only the second known picture of billy the kid in history right so uh this guy randy Gu- i'm probably gonna butcher his name randy guharo we are yeah i don't know guharo yeah guharo. that's close enough um he 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 picked up this picture for two dollars and they're going to put it up for auction, and they said that they appraised the photo's value at $5 million. The only known Billy, Billy the Kid photo sold previously in 2011 for $2.3 million. So he's probably going to make at least $2 million. Yeah. You um, we know that, right. The, the, well, $2 million minus $2, because that was the initial That's investment. true. He did lose $2 on the initial investment. So that was... I keep forgetting to... Yeah, exactly. Um, the thing I love about this picture is that you're like, oh, man, a picture of Billy the Kid... This is this is uh you know I bet he's on a horseback with a gun over his shoulder. You know? right. He's this outlaw figure, you right. know, reclusive. I mean, he doesn't not just not a lot is known about you mm-hmm. know his physical appearance, uh, at least you know photograph wise. But uh, it's a it's a it's a picture of him and his gang actually mm-hmm. 
playing doing something very manly. Uh, in in uh, where are they? They're in uh, New Mexico. New Mexico, and mm-hmm. they're in New Mexico wearing sweaters and playing croquet. <laughs> uh, yeah, these guys. These guys don't even care. These are like whatever. Well, let's go play croquet. What do you have against croquet? Yeah. Let me ask you something. Is it worth dying over? Croquet is awesome. How would you feel about me croqueting your head in with this <laughs> hammer? I have. Do you know hand. who I am? Uh, and he's wearing a pretty snazzy sweater at the same time. I'm William Bonnie, aka Henry McCarty, aka <laughs> Billy the Kid. <laughs> See, I'm wondering how this fits in. Have you have you ever seen uh, that movie? Uh, well, what happened? Young Guns. Oh, Young Guns. Have you ever no, seen I Young haven't Guns? seen oh. it. Billy Classic. the Kid's in that. Nice. Who plays um, Billy the Kid? Emilio Estevez <laughs> as Billy Billy Kid. William Bonnie. And uh, I, I don't know. This guy doesn't really resemble Emilio Estevez. My, my, my other question is here, or my question about this is, okay, so he's got this photograph, and he's going to sell it for $5 million, right? Mm-hmm. What if I printed off this picture of the photograph? Yeah, I, I see where you're going I with this. I feel like I should get something for it. Maybe like, like maybe I could get on the same auction. I could be like, well, this is only $10,000. You yep. know what I mean? It's like, still the is, same picture. It's limited edition. I only printed off a hundred of them, <laughs> but but it's only ten thousand dollars. Save yourself. They're numbered one through a yeah. hundred. Save yourself four point nine million dollars and buy my photograph. That's exact. I mean, it looks very similar. You also, know? you get a membership to Gentleman. Yeah, for free. I'll toss that in for free. Or just throw it in there. Um, yeah, I this this crack the whole thing cracks me up. It's just a. The photo itself, he's like, you know, casually got his croquet mallet, you know, upside mm-hmm. down, like leaning against it with his hand on his shoulder, and he's looking right at the camera. Yeah. There must have been something special about this, because this is back in the days. I mean, it's not like he took a selfie here. Right. Not a lot of pictures were taken anyway. Mm-hmm. So that somebody had to set it up, get it all right. Right. I and think somebody had to posed sit- playing croquet. Yeah. And, I, and somebody had to... Uh, well, I, it, it took place outside of a wedding. Oh. That they had been at, so I think they must have had a photographer there for the wedding, and they happened to, yeah, exactly. It just um, turned the tripod a little bit to the left. But the other interesting thing about this is how it survived for so long. Yeah, because you think about, I mean, that was 150 years ago, and uh, think about all the time it had to go through and, pe- and changed hands, and no one even knew it was uh, Billy the Kid. They weren't able to identify him until they realized that there were pictures of his gang in there that they could recognize as well as him. Uh, that corroborated the whole story. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting story. I'm glad the guy found it and was able to... I mean, somebody's going to be really happy with this. It's going to be an interesting artifact, and it's probably going to sit in some art collector's house or something. I don't know. So the company that authentic- authenticated the photo, Kagan's, the owner just went on record and said um, that the historical importance of a photograph of Billy the Kid alongside A... No members of his gang and be prominent Lincoln County citizens is incalculable. Wow. Incal- incalculable. Hmm. Incalcu- that sounds wrong, but I think I'm saying it right. No, you're right. Incalculable. Mm-hmm. Calculable. Incalculable. Mm-hmm. Incalculist. Oh, man. I was not very good at calculus. <laughs> D plus. Mm. Passed. A little business calc. Okay, Glenn. Well, that's interesting. I will not be buying that, that photographer's work. <laughs> Because I don't have $5 million to, to buy the photo. What do you bet that the guy who took the picture probably died pretty quickly afterwards? Yeah, it's true. Maybe not. Maybe Billy knew him. Maybe Billy liked like, him. Billy's like, what, did you just take a picture of me? Hey, oh, how did, you're how did dead. I look, how did I look in it? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, you got the croquet. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Never mind, you're cool. Hey, you're cool, all right? All right, guy, I almost killed you, but... I'm going to go murder somebody else. Yep, Later. not your day. <laughs>
I'll um, come back later. Okay, Glenn. Well, tell us about the final attack from our good friend Ben. Esther. Oh man! All right. So I've been I have been giddy wanting to share this mm-hmm. with the plethora of listeners. Yeah, to the Gentleman Podcast because it for many reasons. One, it's funny. Two, it's true. It's true. And D, mm-hmm. it is. Hap- it happened. Uh, a stone's throw from where we are sitting right now. Yep. Kansas City, Kansas. No, Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. Let's be real here. It's There's Missouri. a distinction. It's not Kansas. <laughs> so, uh, Ben Espen posted: Man tries to put out garbage fire by driving over it in a van loaded with ammunition. <laughs> now, if you can't already figure out how this ends, um, apparently a um, they don't give the name of the man. Yeah. They- do they? Do they? Yeah, I think they, maybe they don't. No, they don't. They, they do don't not, say who it is. It's yeah. too early on, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to. We don't want to out this guy for his heroic actions. But he was uh, in the middle of a field and burning trash. Now I think it should be noted that he didn't own the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's out there and he drove a van out there in the middle of this field, which is probably a bad idea because vans aren't really like ATV vehicles. And, right. Anyway, middle of the field, burning trash, <laughs> and he realizes that. Oh crap! Uh, the uh, the fire spreading. So, using his head, this guy's a quick thinker. Mm. Using his head. Well, you look at the tools that you have. Right. What do I have around me? A Let's van. See. What can I use to put out fire? Dirt puts out fire. There's a lot of dirt here. Mm-hmm. But what's better than dirt? My van. That's right. So he takes the van and he starts driving back and forth, back and forth, <laughs> back and forth, back and forth <laughs> over the fire and then to put it out to put out the fire. However. Um, There's one problem in with the article, this. right? In the article, uh, what made the article says what made matters worse? The, oh, this made matters worse as the tires of the van caught fire, and then realizing realizing this is just, he just realizes this, mm. realizing that the van was loaded with firearms, ammunition, and a full tank of gas. <laughs> the driver evacuated the area for safety. Mm. Translation: He ran. He got yeah. out and ran. Um, well, that's good. I'm glad he did. So anyway, uh, somebody called the fire department because they saw a smoking van in the middle of a field, mm-hmm. and they brought the guy in for questioning. It's um, <laughs> they found him like sitting watching it from a safe distance. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, I, he said he. I guess he's going to not report it to his insurance because right. <laughs> he doesn't think they're going to cover it. Uh, he's probably going to take a loss on that. I have a friend who works in insurance can vouch for me. <laughs> Can vouch for this, but I think uh, you think that the yeah, I think would, it might raise his premiums when you when you voluntarily drive a van over a fire and then it catches on fire mm-hmm. and then you run away from it. Um, uh, it which also should be added that he was in the middle of a field that he didn't he did not own right. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think they char- they didn't file any charges yet. I don't think uh, so. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure the owner of the, the property was like, wait, what 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 happened? <laughs> No, no, no. Tell me again. Oh, boy. Only in Missouri. That's right. That would never happen in Kansas. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's a great little story. I'm glad the guy made it out all right. Sometimes, in the guy's defense, sometimes <laughs> you do stuff and you don't really think about it until you realize it was a terrible idea. Now, I would never do that. I would never drive. If a fire got out of control, I would probably call the fire department and say, I made a mistake. I have, I have overstepped my bounds. 
Um, <clears throat> but in this guy's mind, you know, driving over <laughs> Never mind. That's stupid. I, I, you can't excuse that kind of behavior. So this reminds me a little bit of a time when I was a kid. And uh, my, uh, my dad, so we, lived, we have, you know, about 25 acres. Mm-hmm. And the fields hadn't been burned for like a decade. Mm. Okay. Okay. So it's springtime. It had kind of, it, you know, it wasn't too dry. It was like the perfect time to burn a field. Because mm-hmm. you have to do that every now and again to yeah. get, <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. keep keep stuff fresh, right. revitalized. Right. So my dad's like, you know what? It's a perfect day for it. Boys, let's go burn the field. Good idea. And um, so we get out there and it's burning, it's burning, and it takes off. I mean, it. I mean, it's, this is like a decade of undergrowth, right? Mm. It's just going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not, it's nothing, it's fine. You know, I remember we had like, I think I was in like fourth grade or something. We had towels with water on. We were like hitting the fence, making sure it wouldn't, you know, yeah. catch the fence on fire, all this stuff. <laughs> so it was fine. The fire department came out and they're like, hey, a little warning would have been nice yeah. that you were burning, but right. I, you're fine. You know, right. this is fine. The neighbors right. called it in, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, my dad, and this is before cell phones were really popular, neglected to tell my mom he was going to do this. Ooh. And my mom was in a, a city uh, 30 uh, minutes away. Oh, no. So she comes home, and from like a fire 20 department. minutes away, she can see the smoke. She's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's kind of near our house. And yeah. as she gets closer, she's like, that's really close to our house. Yeah. So as she gets closer. Anyway, my dad never heard the end of that one. Wow. Because my mom about... She about lost it. Yeah. Understandable. You gotta... When it comes to fire and burning stuff... Yeah. Do the smart thing. Yeah. Just don't do it. Yeah. You know, my neighbor... We have these uh, tree spiders. You know what I mean? Oh, where yeah. Where you... you yep. the, the entire things of the tree get encased with spider webs and yeah, it's, like it's some it's, kind of thing that's... You know, whatever. Anyway, the point is... It kills the parts of the trees, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, my next door neighbor who's an avid... Um, she She's really into... Gardening mm-hmm. and outside she's work. Got a green thumb. She's got a green thumb for sure. She, we were talking about it the other day, and she's like, "You know what you got to do about those those tree spiders or whatever they're called? I don't know what they're called." She's like, "You got to. All you have to do is you you take a you you put some kerosene on it on the end of a stick, and then you light them on fire, and the uh, the tree the, the the spiders burn, but the tree doesn't." And I'm thinking, wait a second. Uh, I'm not, you know, my. It's not like I'm next to my garden hose, so I can put it out. It's like if I start a fire back there and it starts up, it's going. It's gonna go, and like it's not gonna stop until I call the fire department and tell them to please come over and save my house from burning down. Wow. So uh, interesting, interesting advice. Uh, And that that some people might do that. Uh, That I'm not gonna go take a uh, a kerosene. Torch yeah. and right. voluntarily. You ever made, you ever made a, vol- a Molotov cocktail? Yeah, yeah. It's like that for yeah, spiders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm, I, unfortunately, I'm not going to be following that. And I hope, I hope she doesn't do that on her side of things either, because that could have grave consequences. You know, you're gonna, one of these days you're going to look out the window and she's got a flamethrower strapped to her back. It's <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I could. I, you know, no, it's cool, Brian. Yeah. I got it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I got you, buddy. It's not so much her advice. It's just that I know myself in doing that, I would find a way to, <laughs> you know, find the only part of the tree that would cause an immediate extinction of the entire area or something like that. It's you like know? some kind of tar or something. Yeah, like that. yeah I've, a patch. Yeah, of- exactly. Or the, the spider would run off and like run into the 
the dead tree next to it and just <laughs> you know? so I yeah anyway can't be doing wow. that you gotta be careful you gotta be careful out there you're messing with, you do. with nature you never know um, okay Glenn well it's time for the uh, toast for this week oh excellent uh, yeah and this week uh, I'm excited about this toast um, th- this week something really extraordinary happened mm-hmm. and I I tuned in for it I, I, I succumbed I, I fell right into the trap, the marketing trap, you big did. time. The fact is, they were going to release a new Star Wars trailer, <laughs> but they specifically said they were doing it at halftime of Monday Night Football. So you watch Monday Night Football? I don't. I never watch Monday Night Football, but wow, I I had to. I I DVR'd it. I I was there waiting for it. Uh, I was excited about it. As the moment was coming closer, I was I was getting real real psyched about it. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't the only one, Glenn. Nope. Uh, and I wanted to toast uh, two people that you that a lot of people probably never heard of: John Boyega and Daisy Ridley. Mm-hmm. And these are two actors that are the most prominent new characters. They play the most prominent new characters in the new Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, one of the things that came out of the new the new trailer coming out was these two actors got to see themselves on television in the new final trailer for the first time. While it was going on, while everybody else did, they got to see it on television for the first time. And both of their reactions were priceless. Yeah, very um, different. Very different. Daisy Ridley, who, who plays the main female character. She's uh, like Natalie Portman, basically, from yeah, the reboot. Yeah, she, they're both in the trailer a lot. I mean, they're, yeah. they're throughout the whole trailer. Uh, and uh, anyway, she, she was overcome with emotion eventually and you know, started tearing up. Uh, John Boyega has a great this is one of my favorite reactions it's exactly how you would feel if you were in Star Wars I mean he's sitting there the whole time like yeah 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 oh yeah yeah and then at the end of it the the very end of the trailer is when he gets it's the climax of the trailer is he pulls out the uh, lightsaber and is about to get in a fight you know with the main evil guy and he jumps off the couch screaming about it you know just this so (laughs) yeah yeah oh no (laughs) yeah it's great and his friend's reaction is even better because if you slow it down like i accidentally the the video froze right when they went crazy over it and they showed his friend reaction he was just like oh i can't believe this uh so anyway i thought it was great that they you know what a great use of social media to capture i mean the stuff like this has been going on forever but you never got to see the 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 person like geeking out over the fact that they're in a star wars movie yeah and uh they they both have pretty genuine awesome reactions to it which is pretty cool i think it's also pretty refreshing that you have these people who they're star like they're gonna be stars yeah they're gonna i mean i think i think he was probably like he was in some other movies yeah he was in attack the block and a few other yeah attack the block's an english film that's pretty well known but again not like star wars you know right and it's nice to see um that you know a lot of times i think of celebrities and people like that they just right don't care yeah oh i'm on tv star wars trailer Uh, whatever so how do we do a halftime you know and these guys are like eating popcorn i'm like waiting for halftime yeah exactly you're just loving it man he flips over the back of the couch it was fun watching that just absolute joy seeing himself up you know he didn't care exactly how you would think it would be to if you or I exactly so anyway I just wanted I wanted to toast them be interesting I'm excited about this the trailer was awesome Mm -hmm. I I dug it big time I think everybody's super excited about this 
Um, we're going to see. We're going to see what happens. December 18th. I haven't actually watched the trailer yet. We've got two months. Two months before it arrives in theaters. We'll people, be seeing it. People are already selling tickets on eBay for this. Like, they bought tickets because you can buy them now. On, like, Fandango or something? Yeah. You can buy pre, pre-sale tickets now for that huh. date. And people are already eBaying their tickets off for wow. seeing the premiere. So, there's a lot of anticipation behind this. And that can go one or two ways. Hmm. So we'll see. Let's hope it lives up to expectations. Uh, yeah. Just like episode one did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, speaking of ex- expectations, it's time for the... Uh, Wait, oh, button. Topic. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> This week, Glenn, there's... We, okay, hold on. We don't rehearse the... Uh, in case you haven't noticed... <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious. We don't... Uh, we don't re- so, neither of us knew what the other was going to do there. It's unique every time. It is unique every unique time. unique every time. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Glenn, I was... So, I was reading this, this story about Danny Meyer, who's the founder of Shake Shack. Shake Shack is a burger and fries place Huge. that is... Huge. I don't know how this happens. It's, it's, a, like, it's a rite of passage. It's like uh, Facebook for burgers or something. Yeah. It like went from nothing to everybody is zoned in on this Shake Shack thing. When you go to there, like, when I go to New York and we, we try to go to Shake Shack because we heard about it, it's ridiculous. It's like a burger place. Yeah. The lines are incredible. It's just, anyway, the point is. Have you been? Uh, yeah, I've been there. Okay. Is it worth the wait? Uh, I didn't actually have a burger, which is weird. <laughs> I actually, I don't remember what I got. I got a something shake? else. No, I got like a hot dog or something like huh. that. And I don't know yeah, what I was right. thinking on that deal. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It just sounded good at that moment. All right. I, we I'll just had a burger or something. I don't remember. Tell you what, things happen in New York City. You can't explain. <sighs> True. Exactly. Right. So anyway, the point is, I can't tell you for sure. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll figure it out. So we went, when I was in New York, sorry, when we went and, and I, I had my New Yorker friend with me, I was like, oh, oh man. I want to go to Shake Shack. And yeah. he's like, okay, but there's going to be a lot of waiting. Yeah. And I was like, was it worth the wait? And he's like, I mean, I don't know. I have a hard time believing it. Yeah. I mean, we, we had to wait a long time, and then we had to stand, and there were so many people there. It was just uncomfortable the whole time. It, it was like it, drizzling. When we, yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway. But yeah. anyway, the point is, Danny Meyer, who's the founder of Shake Shack, he announced that his restaurants are going to do away with tipping. Uh, he plans to pay his staff a higher wage and pass the cost along to consumers by increasing prices of the menu to pay for this change. So, interesting. And so, this has brought out a lot of debate about should we maybe think about doing away with the current tipping system mm-hmm. in the United States? Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of different opinions about this. Is tipping good thing a good thing or is it tipping a bad thing? That is a... Man, that's such. This is this is like going to be like a an hour long hot button discussion. <sighs> Dig in, people. Dig in. Yeah, go grab another Yingling. Hour two of the Gentleman Podcast. <laughs> um, well, Brian. Okay, so on 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 the defense of tipping, mm-hmm. uh, the system set up right now is assumes that there will be tips. Yes. So they they pay them a lower wage, right? In the anticipation that they will be making more. I think it was like last year where they started, they're talking about, at least in this area, maybe Missouri or Kansas, passing a law about um, like getting pretty pretty hardcore about making people report um, tips as taxable income, mm-hmm. which really kind of sucks for the service industry. Um, yeah. But good for government. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, a little joke there. Um, so, anyway... It's, it's expected they'll get a lower wage and compensate they'll get tips. Mm-hmm. 
So then that puts the onus on you, the consumer, mm-hmm. to... Make up for it. And it's not a grade anymore. It's like, hey, it's expected. You're going to tip mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20%. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I do have family members that I won't name publicly who don't tip, mm-hmm. like, at all. Yeah, there's always that person yeah. that doesn't it's tip. It's like, why would, why would I tip them? Right. I, they're just doing their job. I'm like, well... <sighs> anyway, so... Yeah. That's weighted into the system now, you know. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it's kind of an awkward system, you know. Like it's based on performance, and that waiter, waiter, may or may not be in control of right. the entire. Perf- I mean, they might yeah. just be bad, but they also, you know, it may just take the kitchen a long time to cook something. Or it may, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I have I have a friend who whose mom was a waitress when he was growing up, and she had a guy. I mean, there's always going to be a jerk, right? Mm-hmm. But this guy came in and he put. Uh, like f- four or eight quarters on the table. I was like, "Here's your tip. Every time you screw up, I'm taking a taking a quarter away." Mm-hmm. And so, like, she she's like, "Okay, whatever." So something happened, and he's he's just like, "Hmm." He takes a quarter, he puts it in his pocket, and she she picked up the quarters, she put them in his hand. And he's like, "Why don't you just keep them?" <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, uh, yeah, I. It's an awkward system, kind of. It is awkward, and uh, I've never understood. I mean, it's very rare that I get upset at. A restaurant per I think like back when I was younger I might have done it more. But it takes a lot before mm. I get upset about mm-hmm. something that happens, especially a waiter or a waitress, because like you said, they're rarely in control of the entire experience. Right. Uh sometimes they are. They're just the face of it. Yeah, exactly. But this whole like giving more money if they're better and I mean sometimes yeah. I feel like that's good because sometimes there's there are there is a waiter or a waitress you know, like there's some dude that works at Free State, Free State's local brewery that we mm-hmm. go to. That's awesome. He's like going to like a five star restaurant waiter kind of thing where he's just like, if you ask him a question, he's like, well, this is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and I, you know, he's just very awesome at what he does. Mm-hmm. And so I always go above and beyond on the tip things. I think he deserves it. I think he's awesome at what he does. And, uh, yeah. you know, so that's really cool. I, I don't like the part where, though, you do feel like you're on the hook for making up this i mean you, you can't be tipping less than you know 15 percent or whatever and then if you are you feel like a jerk you know what i mean it's not begging right but there's still this right. this element weird. of and the whole thing about like if it's close to a holiday or whatever they're always like have a good easter Wink. you know yeah right <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like so what I, are you guys doing for christmas yeah exactly i'm working here yeah i'll just be counting my coal yeah uh so yeah, it is a little bit it is a little bit weird. But on the other side of it, Glenn, I've known some people in the service industry, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes if they work at the right restaurant, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna you know I forget who it was exactly that I mm-hmm. know that if mm-hmm. you know whatever. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. but some people's freezers are filled with cash mm-hmm. from tips that they don't report to the they they they. they uh, do not deposit in their bank accounts. Freezer? Uh, yeah. Is that the, like, clean the germs off of it, or? I, I've seen a freezer jam stock full of cash. Are you sure this person wasn't running drugs? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Um, they, but they, this person, I, I mean, I don't really remember for sure, but mm-hmm. I think that they worked at a restaurant and a bar. <laughs> Was um, this person attractive? Uh, it's hard to say, seeing as that I couldn't remember. I only asked. Her. I only asked Brian. Well, it could have been a man or a female. Exactly. I only exactly. asked because that might factor into it. 
yeah, how how much you get in tips. Yeah. I think I can um, see that in this situation, especially if you work at a bar. Mm-hmm. In a college town. Yep. <clears throat> yes. Uh, well, anyway, so that's neither here nor there. So there's a potential for. See, that's the interesting thing here is that would you, as a service industry person, mm-hmm. before this or against it? Because there's a good possibility that you could lose out on a lot of money mm-hmm. if you were getting paid a living wage to right. do what you do. Because then all of a sudden the tips go away, and some people make a lot more money off the tip thing oh, yeah. than just whatever. Than three uh, more dollars an hour. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you think of, I know, I also know somebody who mayor, who, who works in the service industry. Right. Who, um, she made, um, gosh, like $50,000 a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in the Midwest, which is really good. Right. For no, I mean, for not needing any education. Right. I'm not saying she wasn't educated. I'm saying right. there's no requirement. Right. Right. You don't have to go to school for this. You don't, and mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of off the, like most of it's off the books. Yep. So that's where the, that's where like, yeah, if I made $50,000 and she made $50,000, it's way different yeah. because her $50,000, most of it wasn't reportable income. Right. Or it was reportable, but right. she didn't report it. Right. It didn't get think, reported. Yeah. It's so it happens quite a bit. Right. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I don't really care either way. I guess. Like I mean, because I think both either way, it's okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I yeah. I, I would hate to see the drop and pay for somebody that was doing that before. On the other hand, I, I feel like sometimes from knowing some of the people that do service industry stuff, they get mm-hmm. trapped in this idea of like you were saying, mm-hmm. where they're making fifty thousand dollars a year. They're not getting taxed on a lot of it. So it seems like something that you can just stick out for the rest of your life and just do. But then you get to be a little bit older and it starts to be like, you know, it's kind of like the old person that that goes to college or something, you know, like you're around all these young people and you start kind of thinking, well, what else am I going to do? Kind of wish I'd done something differently earlier. And then you're not, yeah, Yeah. you're not skilled in other stuff because you kind of got stuck in that thing. And I can see why it's alluring for people. I mean, man, if you're tending bar and you're making... Fifty some thousand dollars a year. Wow, mm-hmm. that'd be pretty. I can see why you'd want to stick with that. You know. Yeah. I don't know. So it's tricky, man. It's tricky. I can see all the, the different angles of it for sure. And you're also changing the social norm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's tough to do, man. I mean, then you get to a point where it's like really weird because it's not clear, like cut and dry. Right. Now it's like you're not supposed to tip me, but <laughs> if you wanted to, then it would. <laughs> you know, I've noticed one thing though. Um, a lot of places that use Stripe or Stripe. A lot of places that use uh, Square. Mm-hmm. The, um, yeah, the, the payment the card provider. reader. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty handy. Where they're like, okay, we just need you to sign here or ask you a couple of questions. Like, do you want a tip? Right. Yes or no. And mm-hmm. if yes, here's fifteen percent. Here's ten percent. Right. Here's twenty percent. Pick yeah. one. Yeah. And so, I, anytime I'm presented with that opportunity, I usually do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I mean, as part of the beauty yeah. of that system, because exactly. they're going to get more and they're tips. Gonna, yeah. Well, they're going to get more tips, and I would imagine that Stripe or Square's taken. Uh, yes, Square's taken a percentage of that tip. They're getting yeah, right, exactly. So, they're getting more money too. Anyway, I don't know. Well, we'll find out, Glenn. We didn't really solve anything, Brian. I feel no, kind of bad about this. We, we have a tremendous responsibility to to weigh in on these issues, yet we we don't have a, a firm position. We need more data. We need more data. Yeah, we're going to get back to this uh, in 10 years. We'll gather data and survey people, um, and we'll, we'll come back to this subject and see where we're at. Mm. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, it's time for the final segment, which is Already? the uh, question for the gentleman mailbag. Okay. 
And Glenn, as we talked about at the start of the show, it's almost October. It's almost Halloween. It is October right now. <laughs> and uh, I was, you know, I was reading a couple articles, and I found this article about the most haunted hotel in America, a place down in San Antonio that says that even Teddy Roosevelt hangs out and haunts it. So my the question is, whoa, 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 Teddy Roosevelt the and president. the Rough Riders. Yeah. And the Rough Riders, they all haunt... But this don't hotel. you have to die? Don't you haunt the place you die in? Not necessarily. Not if it's like a swanky hotel. He died like way, way, way. Not if it's like a swanky, awesome hotel down well, in San Antonio. I get, I get that. Mm-hmm. Though I'd probably, pick, I'd probably pick, you know, yeah, downtown Austin. Yeah. Probably. Anyway, Glenn, the question is, mm. do you believe in ghosts? <sighs> this is a weighty question, especially yeah, this is. time of year. It is. I personally have never had an experience... With the paranormal. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> let me tell you a story. <laughs> Brian <Yes>. leans in. <laughs> no, um, I, this is interesting because the whole you know ghosts, the un, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in this realm of still part of this world, still not. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side of things, I don't know what you. I, I, I'll just I'll just just tell a story. Okay. So my wife and I know somebody mm-hmm. who um, was she was probably eighteen. She was mowing her parents' yard. Mm-hmm. Nobody was outside, and um, she was she, so she's mowing, and she gets the swing set. I guess they had a swing set or something, and some somehow the mower kind of like I'm trying to figure out how I can't remember exactly how this all played out, but somehow. Mm-hmm. The mower got twisted around. It's like a push mower. And basically the blade was like up in the air and she slipped and was like caught and couldn't get out. Like, I, I, I can't explain how this happened. I don't remember exactly. It had to do with like a swing set and a swing. And somehow the swing... First of all, how bad are you at mowing the lawn where you get caught up in the swing set? <laughs> anyway. Okay. She's bad at mowing the lawn, right? Okay. But she gets caught up in the swing set. Mm-hmm. Um, and she falls down, and it's like not looking good. This mower is about to, you know, do something to her. Okay. All of a sudden, this lady like pulls the, the lawnmower away from her. She's a normal looking lady, mm-hmm. and she didn't really say anything. And she's like, "Oh, thank you so much." She's like, "Yeah, no problem." And um, and then she like gets like collects herself and like gets the mower turned around. The lady's gone. Mm-hmm. Never saw the lady before. Never saw her again. Mm. Nobody's in the area. Nobody's on the street. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Just lady appears. Lady doesn't. You know. So anyway, whether you call it an angel or what have you, mm. um, I don't know. I've I've heard of lots of stories like that. I I think there's something. Mm. I think there's figures outside of this world that are not part of this world. Mm-hmm. That still interact with this world, mm-hmm. be it ghosts, be it angels, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's my take on the thing. Okay, but, but but ghosts, I've never never felt weird. Well, that's the thing about something. That's the thing about this. I was reading an article about ghosts, and they were saying that uh, you'll notice a lot of the stories are secondhand. Yep. So a lot of this stuff is somebody else saying that this thing happened to them or right. whatever. So it's really hard to right. Track it down. Ascertain the validity of like whatever. So let me tell you a firsthand story of a, something that happened to me. Okay, Glenn. Okay, uh, you and I and 
we were staying at the Driscoll Hotel in Austin, Texas. The Driscoll Hotel is a classic Austin hotel. Uh, it's been around since the 1800s. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's an amazing hotel. And it does actually have a reputation for being haunted. Being yeah. haunted. And they don't, they don't have a floor. They don't have floor 13, right? Right. Well, there's something like know, that. I don't know. It's, anyway, it's unlucky. The, po- the point is that they have... It's on the, that list of places that people go to try to experience a haunting thing. And I'm not one for believing in that stuff. You know what I mean? Not really. Uh, but Glenn and I were staying at this hotel. And I woke up in the middle of the night. And I had to use the bathroom. Uh, and I, there was somebody in the bathroom. I could hear somebody in the bathroom. I could hear them moving stuff around. I woke up and I was, I, you know, I couldn't, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to wait until Glenn gets down in the bathroom before I, you know, go in there. I just figured that it was, you know, Glenn in the bathroom. So I waited and I waited and, and finally I, I just sat there. I was just like laying there, you know, not just waiting and waiting and waiting. And I was just like, okay, well, so I pop my head up and I get up and Glenn's in asleep. And so you've never told me this story. I did a long time ago. Really? But, you didn't? Yeah, I did. I really? Did, yeah. But, um, anyway, I, I go in there and sure enough, there's no one in there, but I could hear somebody in there and it wasn't like a, I wouldn't be say, telling the story if it was just like something rattling around or some kind of like you know a fur like a you know the, the 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 fan moving or something like that. It was it sounded like somebody was moving stuff around in the bathroom. Anyway, the point is, so I kind of I was a little bit freaked out, but I was like, oh, I must have just like misheard stuff or something. And then I read about it, and there was some specific story that somebody had about a ghost that does st- like is you know they there was previous stories about uh, about a ghost in the bathroom. So anyway, you told me this story. Yeah, yeah. It's just been, I think I would remember this story. Oh, well, it's just been like right when we were down there. Like I think, and this was like, gosh, how five, years, five ago. years ago? Yeah. yeah. So so anyway, so that's that's my. Per- I mean, I can't say for sure that it wasn't just you know a, a gust of air or something that moved, knocked over a bottle. We didn't or have something. any windows open. I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying. Maybe that I can't. We, we, I didn't we, were, see, we were with another guy. I, know. I didn't see a ghost. You know what but I mean? You heard it. But I, I, I honestly was wide awake. I, I was awake and I could hear somebody banging around in the bathroom. And it wasn't like a pipe thing or anything like that. It was like, okay, there's somebody in the bathroom I can tell. And it wasn't until I looked up and everybody was accounted for, but they weren't in the bathroom. And I honestly thought that there's somebody else in this room. Like there's somebody's in our bathroom right now. I don't know who it is. So what did you, what did you do when you figured that out? I got up and I looked at it and there wasn't anybody there. And I was like, I... I, you know, I was just kind of like, uh, yeah, I, I expected that there would, you know, I thought maybe, yeah, I thought there was somebody in there and there wasn't. <laughs> so anyway, well, I'm not sleeping tonight. Well, yeah. Wow. How do I not remember? Wow. <sighs> yeah. So anyway. even, while you were telling that story. Wow. So you kind of believe in them. Well, <laughs> or something. Yeah, something. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I was mistaken about it. It's like I said, I could have been mistaken. It's it's not without the it's not outside the realm of possibility no. that there was something causing all those noises. Maybe that, that yeah, but it was it was I had the distinct feeling at that time that I was like I wasn't there wasn't anything else that could have been causing those noises. Like it it you know, it's one of those things where like you wake up and you're like you hear some noise and it's like 
oh, I know what that sounds like. It's somebody in the bathroom. You know what I mean? And not, not, not in that way, but just yeah. a human being, like either whether it was, I don't remember what it was, turning on the faucet or on or off or, or something like that. There was some kind of noises like that that made me think, okay, there's obviously somebody in there. Point is, I can't honestly say because I never really saw anything. All I know was I sat there wide awake waiting for someone to to get out of the bathroom and they never did and i went and checked on it and there wasn't anybody in there dude so wow anyway so did, when you realize I, I just imagine that moment where you're like oh glenn's not in the bathroom like yeah did your stomach just drop out i think i was more just like feeling like that's really odd and i must have been mistaken and it was just kind of one of those moments where you don't think you really don't think you, you think everything's explainable there's got to be a reason for it but the more I thought about it, the more I was just like, this is, this is, it was just really weird. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm a pretty rational human being. So I yeah. never, I just assumed that basically like I must've been mistaken about it. Wow. But then I think subsequently I read a story about how that there's some ghost that's been reported to, you know, there's some story about some bathroom in the Driscoll or something that it has a, you know, it was like, I read the story. And I was like, oh, this is exactly what this sounded like, you know? And you know what it was? It wasn't the it wasn't the turning on and off of water. It was turning on and off a light switch. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's, that's what so it was. creepy. That's what it was. That is the creepiest thing. I think I want to say that the light the light switch was on, and then like the light switch was off or something, and then I went in there and the light switch had been turned off, but like so it wasn't the electricity that did it, but it wasn't you know a person either. It was something like that. I, I just remember the. <laughs> So, so anyway, that, anyway, all that aside. Uh, so that's my that's my sole experience, I think, with with anything like that. But I couldn't say for like I said, I couldn't say for sure. I don't want to tell you for sure that it was like a ghost. But I was there. I know, but I but I you know oh. it, it was it was pretty freaky. It was pretty pretty out there, man. I uh, I don't know. I I I think that there's a lot of things that we as human beings don't understand yes and can't really dead. cover it yeah, yeah and we don't really know like everything you know science is good but science evolves and we we know what we know at this point but we don't know everything and what we do know changes sometimes so i'm just you know i don't know i'm, I'm open-minded about the possibility that it could, could be. i would be after that experience um i was gonna say one of our your buddy ken we're, mm-hmm. you know we're not He's your buddy, but yeah. I, I was talking with him at a I, actually last year's Halloween party. You're right. And he's yeah. talking about renovating his house. This is funny because I hadn't heard this until you told me this. Yeah, and so the guy who Ken Ken bought this house is built by a uh, kind of like a Playboy kind of architect, K State, Manhattan, in the, Kansas, in the fifty late fifties, early sixties. Designed it himself. Mm-hmm. Kind of a known Playboy. Had like the first pool in mm-hmm. in Manhattan, like. Yeah. He, you know, ladies were always over anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of a funny story about you know Ken about this Playboy's you know yeah. house and so Ken's Ken's been remodeling it and everything and and Ken's telling me stories like I'm pretty sure it's haunted and, <laughs> and like, Ken's like the most rational very, very scientific dry, yeah guy and, you can yeah and he's like I'm pre- I'm pretty positive and uh, <clears throat> he was talking about he's like yeah he'd be sitting he'd be sitting in the living room with his girlfriend. And they hear a door close upstairs, mm-hmm. and she's like, "What was that?" He's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. It was just a wind." And he's like, "But it wasn't. It's haunted." <laughs> and, I'm, and so he told me the story, and I'm like, "Well, 
you sure? And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, you know, we hear steps up and down the stairs, and and uh, and but I guess this one point, he said he was in the. Um, there was something where he. I'm probably botching this. But I, I think he was. He had his he was, head underneath the he, house or something. Yeah, he was in the crawl space and okay. he was working on something. Yeah, this is a great story. So he's working on something and he, it like he feels something mm-hmm. and. He hears he hears something. He hears like noise. Like yeah. I don't know if we heard voices or something like that, yeah. or like whispering of some kind. And he was so Ken's working on something in the cross face, and all of a sudden he stops. Like, dude, listen. He's talking to the ghost now. He's talking to the ghost. He's like, hey, look, I bought this house. I really like it. Like, I'm doing my best to like bring it back to its former glory. Okay, <laughs> so I would really appreciate it if you just kind of leave me alone. It's a little distracting. I'm doing my best, man. All right, you don't have to haunt me. And I don't, I don't know if he's had any, but uh, I think he said it like you know went away. I just love that idea because the way that Ken, I remember the way that I think the way that Ken, and it wasn't like super calm. It was like listen up, <laughs> this is my, my house. Best. I'm doing my best to fix this place up. So the least you can do is just back off and let me do my thing, you know. And it's something that I could immediately envision Ken doing. You know what I mean? Like, this guy just, he was the kind of guy that would try to straight talk uh, a ghost. You know? <laughs> That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it, and, and but it's hilarious too, where, you know, the, the, the girlfriend's like, oh man, that's a. Did you hear that upstairs? No. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not she's hard. like standing there and she's like, I distinctly is, is, is heard this, something. She, he's just like talking to you and she's like no I don't think it's haunted he's like it's haunted yeah. <laughs> no it's haunted <laughs> but it wasn't like some crackpot like oh oh I saw that it was yeah. like yeah I talked yeah. to him you know we had it mm-hmm. we had it out mm-hmm. but oh man yeah I don't know man I, I I'm kind of in a similar situation where we, we bought this house these people in the 60s built themselves they lived here their whole lives and uh, it's a great house, it, but they raised their entire family here. I mean, obviously, if there was there, there, if there was something to be attached to in this in this life, it would be this house, you know. Yeah, and we haven't. I mean, we haven't had anything. I don't think yet. That, well, it's interesting how your mind kind of plays tricks on you because Laura's like heard stuff, and I've heard stuff too. But it, it's always explainable, you know. It's always like we hear something, and, and I, I can't remember. Laura was doing something, and she heard some kind of noise around here or something. And it took us a couple weeks, but eventually we were able to figure out what caused it, you know? <laughs> yep, raccoon in the vent. <laughs> yeah. And it was the ghost, Bob. Yeah, Bob. Uh, Bob the ghost Everybody actually caused hi. it. Yeah. Hey. Uh, but no, it, you know, your mind starts to play a little bit of tricks on you too when you're doing stuff like that. And uh, so anyway, I can't, it's like I said about that God story, I can't, you know, I can't absolutely say that that's what it was. I can't, beyond a shadow of a doubt, say that that's what it was but i at the time i am a rational enough human being that i was like oh i don't this is really anyway i think i remember you saying something about something weird about the lights yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah maybe i neglected to mention that it was a uh, it's because we were haunted it was like paranormal activity except i didn't have a video camera i'm glad i'm glad you didn't because i would have promptly wet myself Oh, I'm like the perfect culprit for a ghost. <laughs> if anybody wants to haunt me, it's going to be game over. <laughs> I can just imagine myself with the camera. You know, like, I'm the, so scared, right? What was that? <laughs> what was that? Did you hear that? <laughs> I'm so scared right now. <laughs> Did 
you hear that? There's someone in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, oh, that's just Glenn. Never mind. That's yeah, just Glenn. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, um, open a window. Yeah. <laughs> uh, woo! <laughs> Ghost. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Glenn. Okay, well, uh, Glenn, we we haven't resolved much from this. It's an open discussion. Uh, <laughs> um, but who knows? I don't know. I don't know, Glenn. Uh, could be a ghost. Could have been some pipes knocking around that I mistook for uh for something. I'll never for know. For lights turning off and on. Yeah, yeah, Brian, that could have been it. <laughs> yeah, sounds real plausible. <laughs> well, anyway, we'll never know. Ugh. So we should go stay at the Driscoll again. Yeah, I'm thinking that's yeah. probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And we were in like the old wing too. Like the there's old, an old wing. Well, we were in like the old the stuff that proper? had been remodeled. Oh like my the... gosh. <laughs> so anyway, oh uh, anyway, Glenn. Um, on that note, okay. Well, uh, be careful out there if you're standing in a hotel. Um, just be uh, be aware of your surroundings and any particular spectral visitors that need to. Use the bathroom. <laughs> You've had like five years to, to grapple with this. I'm I, just learning about it now. Look, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, t- I'm a rational human being. I, 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 I think of things in the context of it's got to be an exp- there's, there has to be an explanation for it. Except when there's not. Except when there's not. And, and except where I'm and sleeping. I and I understand that that's next a possibility too. To the bathroom. But, you know, it's fine. Hey, Clint, Clint, wake up. <laughs> I don't want you to freak out. <laughs> kind of being haunted. Yeah. Did you ever wake any of us up? No. And then, oh, no. no. Why would you do that? Well, I, I mean, I wasn't alarmed. I was just like, oh, maybe, just, there, just a maybe there's haunting. some kind of spectral being hanging out here. I'm not going to make a big deal about it. It's like, eh, you know. Just normal? Well, Am I missing something here? No, I just, I, I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to freak out about it. I'm going to be like, you know, all right, that's fine. I have no problem with that. You know? Okay. I, I have a problem with that. It's fine. Probably tried on my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Probably did. Put on a bathrobe. Took a shower. I don't know. That place had awesome bathrobes. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Put some slippers on. <laughs> it sounds like we were staying here like <laughs> like the honeymoon suite or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no. Uh, it's for a conference. Conference. That's what, Merely a conference. that's what we call it these days. Merely a conference. Just a conference, you guys. Um, anyway, Glenn. All right. Well, on that note. Yeah. For really, really old time. That was episode 74, Glenn. I'm looking forward to episode 75. 75 is going to be right before Halloween. Uh, so we'll have to talk about some more scary stuff. Yeah, great. Right before Halloween. Excellent. Uh, I'll tell you my real scary no, 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 story no, 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 no. that involves you. What? Next time. You don't have any no, of that's that. the only one I have, actually. It so. involves me. Yeah. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, I'm uh, Brian McKinney. I think I'm Glenn Stansberry. Thanks for listening, guys. Be careful out there. <laughs> don't, don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> Good night. Uh, we'll see you guys next time, episode 75. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. Good night.